Coming to you from 8122 Production Studios in the heart of the 607, this is Horror Zone 607. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. And remember, you can always join the conversation using hashtag HZ607. Biggest horror movie news. I'm your host, Mike C. And with me, as always, he is the man that once wrestled the Ebola virus and won. He is rich. The Ebola virus ain't got ish on me. Notice that we don't hear about it in the news anymore. Well, that's because I I beat it into submission. You gave it the big splash, the big leg drop. Or should I say I beat it into remission? I believe there was a frog splash somewhere in there. There could have been. You never know. I, 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 I... Trying to pull things out of my, uh, you know what, when I'm in the middle of a match. Yeah. But, you know, so far in the show, I've, I've been an alligator wrestling champion, and I've uh, also beat a bull in a match. So I feel like I'm a pretty good uh, wrestler. You really are. You really are. I mean, this kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with your other show. And yeah. I think that it's time that maybe we, we we might have to have like a crossover event some night and have like a pay-per-view or something with you wrestling something. I don't know. It might maybe. be a blow-up doll. It might be... I, I wrestle a scooter. I, I wrestle my sanity every day. You do. Yeah. You do. Well, and I, I somehow wrestle like the will to to do all of this every day. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good to have you here, buddy. Yeah, well, that's awesome. But I got I got a special gift for all the uh, listeners this week. You do. So at the end of the show, now mind you, we're going to give you the full show. So you'll get your normal. We'll we'll do the news. We got a really fun talking horror subject this week as well. But we will uh, at the end end. So Mike is going to say, I'm going to say, you know, where you get the plugs at. You're going to say, you know, see ya. And then th- there'll be a little bit of music. And then I'm going to cut into an interview that we did with the promoter of Scaricon, JV. We did it for the Three Fat Nerds podcast. I didn't want to rob the fans of our show by just going, oh, here, let's just recycle the interview. Since I'm the one that did the interview, I can mm-hmm. pretty much kind of do that. But I'm, instead of doing that. I'm going to put it on the end because I think the interview was that good. So guys, it's like a post-credit it. scene. Yeah, it is really our very like, first post-credit yeah, scene. It's the first ever uh, Horror Zone 607 post-credit scene. And believe it or not, it, I, the reason I'm deciding to do this not only does it promote the fact that we're going to be at Scaricon 18th, 19th, and 20th in Rochester, New York, at the Rochester River Hotel, uh, which is you'll hear a commercial break for that as well. But uh, there is it also is going to give. The, it was a really good interview. Like, there's some really good takeaways. The reasons why he does the con are amazing. Uh, his his goals for the celebrities there. There's a really good, there's a lot of cool stuff in that interview. So stick around and listen to it. It was a really good interview, and that's the only reason I wanted to tag it on. But I didn't want to put it in the middle of the podcast because I didn't want, you know, fans of all of our products, the 8122 Production products, to go, oh, man, they're just robbing us on a segment. No, you're going to get your all your segments. You're just going to get a little bonus at the end. We like bonus content. Yeah, bonus content. And if you already heard it on the Three Fat Nerds podcast, which was out uh, everywhere on Monday, then uh, you know what? Listen again. Listen again, or you know, you don't have to stay and listen. But I thought it was a great interview, and uh, we've gotten some really good uh, feedback from some other people who have said, "Oh man, that was an amazing interview." And actually, I, I know three people have told me that they're now going to ScareCon off of that interview. I'm, nice. I'm being dead serious. So that's pretty awesome. So thank you. And maybe you guys all like the same. And if you can get to Rochester, that's always great. If not, trust me, we will give you plenty of content and coverage. I'm planning on doing some filming. I'm planning on doing some talking. You know, well, that's what we do. So, uh, 
Yeah. So nice. There you go. A little bit of bonus footage. But with that being said, Mike, let's dive headfirst into the world of horror. Yeah. And unfortunately, we have got some extremely sad, sad news. Uh, anybody listening to the show is probably aware that uh, yesterday, by yesterday, we mean Monday of uh, this week, we did lose the. I, I, actually, I believe it was on Sunday that he passed away. I do we, believe, but we found we, out Monday. We found out Monday, found out Monday. Uh, that we lost the legendary Sid Haig. At the age of 80. Yes. Uh, of course, he was in bad health. Uh, that was one of the things we talked about last week. Yeah. Part of the reason why he wasn't uh, featured as prominently in Three from Hell as he originally was supposed to be. Uh, and unfortunately, he succumbed. Uh, man, Sid, a great actor. I loved him. I loved his roles. I, I was a big fan of Captain Spaulding. But I, I, you know, going back through, I realized I've seen him in a lot of things. Uh, I want to point out, I'm looking at his IMDb. His career started with a short called The Host in 1960. That's right. His career started in 1960 wow. with a short. He played a fugitive on that. And then we were we were just actually talking about it. What show didn't he do from the 60s, 70s, and 80s? He was on he everything. Was, he was in Batman. He was on Gunsmoke. He was on The Lucy Show. He was on Star Trek. <laughs> Dukes like, of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. The Man from Uncle. I mean, Scarecrow, Mrs. I, King. I yeah, saw on the Scarecrow, list. Scarecrow, Mrs. King was on there. Uh, the Flying Nun, even. I mean... <laughs> I wow. even thought, uh, Gunsmoke, I, I might have already said it, but oh, Get Smart, he was on Get Smart. I'm like, just, I'm just kind of like flipping through and seeing what he did, like that I didn't even know about. But I there was either. a lot of movies that I did know about. Of course, uh, Rob Zombie loved him. He was a great uh, actor. So, no surprise that Rob Zombie loved him. So, you know, he was in the Halloween remake that Rob Zombie did. He was in, of course, Three from Hell. Three from Hell. He was also in Devil's Rejects, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, El Super Bisto. Yeah. So, I mean, like anything he was, Lords of Salem, which you didn't even know he was I in. I don't remember him being in that. I got to I was going to rewatch that for my 61 horror movies in 61 days anyway. Uh, so, I'm planning on watching it again, but I don't remember him being in that. By the way, he played Django in the Big Bird Cage. Wow. That's right, Django. So, wow. yeah, it's, 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 it's Beware the Blob. He was in there uncredited. According to this, Wonder Woman. He was in the 1973 yeah. Wonder Woman uh, movie. Wow. I mean, he was on the Shaft television show. Yeah. And, and from you know all accounts, everybody has had nothing but nice things to say about him. What an intelligent man he was. What a kind man he was. He was a great storyteller. Uh, our own friend Tiffany, uh, who's in charge of the sci-fi, uh, horror, sci-fi Fest. horror fest in Oneonta coming up next week. You know, she's met him and interviewed him and said what a wonderful man he was. Um, you know, he's somebody that's going to be missed. You know, his wife just posted an update a week ago that he was doing better and you know kind of looked like he was going to get better and we were going to see him soon. And then just all of a sudden, he was gone. So very very. Sad sad to hear yeah I, well, I'm just going through more of seeing MacGyver's on here I think the two biggest movies that he was in outside of of course the uh, roles he played in the Rob Zombie movies and such was uh, Foxy Brown in the 1970s uh, the movie Foxy Brown was yeah. amazing and then he kind of and it wasn't really reprising the role but he kind of did a similar role in Jackie Brown uh, in 1997 if you guys never saw Jackie Brown amazing movie Quentin Tarantino did that uh, Sam Jackson's in it. Yeah. Oh, man, it's a I saw it once years ago when it first came out. I wasn't a big fan, but I'm not really? a fan of Tarantino films. Oh, man. I mean, that movie's just is great. I'm sorry. Uh, I, it should be noticed. I, I just I don't want to note this. Sorry, I said noticed instead of noted. It should be noted that there is two more, at least two more movies coming out that have him in it. Uh, he's going. He's in Junction Murders, which is due out in 2020. He plays Bobby in that. And he will also be in Hanukkah. Which also comes out in 2020, and uh, as Judiah Lazarus. So he does have two uh, two movies still to come out, 
but it still doesn't make it any uh, less sad that we lost a very talented individual in the horror world. Yeah, I mean, he will definitely be missed. So rest in peace, Sid Haig. Uh, we miss you, Captain Spaulding. We already do. Uh, and you know, more positive news, we've got a few other um, newsworthy things that came out this week. Uh, I would say the biggest next piece of news that we had was that <laughs> yet another Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel is uh, currently on the slate. Uh, it's actually being produced this time, not directed, but produced by Fede Alvarez, uh, who, of course, directed uh, um, the uh, remake of uh, Evil Dead, mm-hmm. as well as... Uh, well, you're trying to blank here. Don't breathe. Yes, don't breathe. It's late. Remake of Evil Dead. Yes, yes. He did uh, both of those. Uh, Fetty Alvarez is uh, is people love uh, his work. Uh, I'm one of those people who loves his work. It's interesting to see. Uh, it's it looks like he's doing the production, the producer on this to just add it to his uh, list of accomplishments. Right. And according to the article, it looks like right now the early planning stages are that it was going. Uh, well, he's working with this with Kim Hinkle. Uh, Kim Kim Hinkle was the writer and producer on the original 19. 19- 74 slasher uh, Toby Toby Hooper slasher classic uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. She is now the uh, person who is in possession he. of or he. Why did I say she? Wow. It's uh, his name's Kim. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I know the difference, too, but I'm just saying I, it's just weird. Must be tired. I must. Your tiredness must be rubbing off on me, Michael. I have that effect on people. So he, sorry, uh, was the uh, is the sole proprietor to the uh, Texas uh, Chainsaw Massacre uh, library right now. So uh, it looks like they're working in cahoots, and it's planned to be a direct sequel to the 1974 classic. Yeah, again, we got another one. Uh, you know, Texas Chainsaw 3D was that. Um, and that was we, we know how that turned out. Um, then, of course, Leatherface came out, which was actually a prequel to the original movie. We know how that turned out. Um, those were both stinkers. So I, I think that uh, Texas Chainsaw 3D was, was the better of those two films. But... It sounds like uh, from from what I read originally about it, they're kind of gonna they're gonna try to go with the um, the whole Halloween twenty eighteen route with this and like forget about everything that's ever happened. Now, what's gonna be interesting about that is about ninety nine percent of the cast is is dead. Maybe about ninety five percent of the cast, I should say, from the original movie is dead now. Um, you know, of all the bad guys, the hitchhiker is the only one that's still left. Yes, and we got to talk to Ed Neal for like forty minutes at uh, Scarecon yeah. last year. You know, I just want to throw that out there. And his character was killed in that movie, but yes, absolutely. You know, Jim uh, Sidow died years ago. Gunnar Hansen's dead. I, I want to point this out. Not that Leatherface died, but. right? I want to point this out. Uh, in 2014, we lost Marilyn Burns, who was the final girl in that that's movie. That's the other one. That's the big uh, thing. So that's that's who we lost there. I don't know how so they would go. I mean, how they're going to do, they're gonna have to do something similar. In but it'll have opinion. to be a whole new story. Right. New to, family, to new which is what they've done in every one yeah. of those movies. Well, you know, you could bring back Bill Mosley. Bill Mosley says that he he wants to do Chop yeah, Top again. You could do that. He and technically, well, he didn't. You don't know if he died in Texas Chainsaw Two. But if you're but if they're going to be, it, they're yeah. erasing it technically to do this, right? You could still have him as Chop Top again because he wanted to be Chop Top. Yeah, and I mean, I would be a fan of that. I'm, I'd be I'm not fine with that. I, I, I would be a complete fan. And all you got to do too is get a, a big lumbering guy to play. Yeah, you know, Leatherface. Everybody, I don't think anybody's ever played. Well, I shouldn't say that in the remake in the prequel. Yeah, to I was going to say they guy, have. They've, they've had you know they've had different people play. But in all the other movies, it was a different person every right. time. It just takes a big lumbering guy. He wears a mask. So yeah. Um, but you know, all of the other characters, all the original characters, you know, Marilyn Burns's character was the only one that survived that right. from the so, non-family I mean, members. I mean, it's easy enough to write off. If yeah. you wanted to do, if you wanted to set the movie in 1974, you could write off that she doesn't get away. 
We could do the that. Or we, we we thought that she got away at the end of the movie. Yeah. We used to say that they didn't catch up to her. Or you, or you find a lookalike or another yeah. blonde actress to play it. Um, you computer, know, that's one thing. technology. I, yeah, I mean, I don't. We don't know exactly how that's going to work out. Is it going to take place in 1974? Is it going to be another modern day one like like 3D was? Um, that we don't know yet. Um, I don't know. I just I hope it's going to be something better than the last few you know bombs that we've seen. I still wish that they'd go back and and make a sequel to the to the remake. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of those actors are gone now too. You know, old Monty, the guy that played him, is gone. Um, the uh, the mother, the old lady, she's gone. Um, you know, they just yeah. they're all gone. So you know, where do you go with that series at this point? It, our, our good friend Luke always said that you know that series, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series, he calls it the choose your own adventure of horror movie series. And you know, it's that's a good point. It's just all those movies, they're all over the place. Yeah. Um, to switch gears a little bit before we take our first break, uh, I know it wasn't in your notes, but I wanted to put it in here because I think it's kind of the same one, uh, same avenue. Uh, as we were just talking about how Kim Hinkle is is in charge of the Texas Chainsaw State, uh, we can all breathe a sigh of relief. This past week, uh, it is announced that Nightmare on Elm Street will not be going the same route as Friday the 13th. Uh, this past week, it has been uh, the, the West Craven's estate has successfully snagged back the rights to the 1984 masterpiece. From, right. Uh, so, so there right was now, some concern in there that there could be a lawsuit, mm-hmm. uh, especially with like New Line being involved and stuff yep. like that. However, they said that there's nobody currently challenging it, um, kind of like Friday the Thirteenth was. So it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Yeah, it's uh, the, we're, when they were reporting, I said we're not sure what this means just yet, but it's good to know that the film is back in the rightful hands of Craven's loved ones. Uh, I agree with that. You know, it's nice to see. It's always nice to see the people who had something to do with the vision get their property back. It's all also nice to, as we know the hell that we're going through right now with Friday the 13th it's nice to know that we have an icon, another iconic movie that won't fall to that same price. right and uh, so I was very thankful when I saw this article uh, along with the Texas Chainsaw article and I went oh man both of those are currently owned by people who had done things with them or well in the case of Wes Craven his family because obviously he's no longer with us right. and I'm assuming they're going to take care of of that franchise due to the fact that you know it was his baby and also on top of that it is kind of a, a, a money maker, if you will. Yeah. You know, I don't know if this is a blessing or not. Maybe it's a good thing that they haven't gotten a new one off the ground yet. I thought by now that there would have been something in motion after Halloween 2018 success. Maybe this is a blessing. Well, we did hear a bit of a hold off. We did hear that rumor. And it's I mean, it wasn't really a rumor because it was really from the horse's mouth. But we did hear the rumor that Robert Anglin said, oh, yeah, that he would play Freddy Krueger if the right script came along. And Heather he, Langenkamp, and, too. And yep, she said she'd be back. And he said that he would be Freddy Krueger one more time if the right script came along. And as long as it would advance the franchise so that when he was unable, because he'd never be able to play it again. Yeah, he's in his 70s Oh, now. yeah. He, he, it'd be rough for him now. But he's saying if it would advance the story so that it would continue on after he is no longer with us. Right that he would do it one more time as long as the script was right. So here is, I've been saying it, I hope everybody in Hollywood, all the writers, all the horror writers in particular, went, all right, let's get a script together. And now that we know that the Craven Estate owns the property, we can make this movie. Right. There's no legal tie-up. Pitch the idea. Get get Robert Anglin on board. Let's get that movie in there because we don't know. I mean, realistically, and I, 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 hope, I hope Robert Anglin lives forever, but... You know, nobody does. Right. And it, it, let's get it done before it's too late. Yeah. Let's get it done before, you know, we have the same moment, unfortunately, how we open this show. Right. Where we're like, man, it, he, he could have been a bigger role in Three From Hell if his health wasn't failing. And then, you know, unfortunately, now, you know, he's passed right. on and said, hey, and this could happen with Robert Anglin. Let's just be honest. I yeah. mean, 
I mean, and I once again don't want it to happen. I I really hope it doesn't happen, but. You know, you, you know, he's even said that he knows that he's, you know, and I think that's the realization. I think that he would go through the hell one more time to be Freddy Krueger because he wants that legacy to live on forever. And I don't think that anybody would accept a different Freddy unless his stamp of approval is on it. Right Believe it or not. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I don't know. I don't know. I It's it, I don't know. It's, so it's, it's, he's 72 years old as we speak. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's time to get this thing going. Stop. Stop messing around, Hollywood. Let's let's get something off the ground and let's make it right. You know, this is like I said, this might have been a blessing that you know there was a little bit because it was over the last year, the last six months, even that you know all that stuff came out. Mm-hmm. It might have been a blessing that nothing got started up until now. Now let's get this rolling. Well, with that, I'm going to say this. We are uh, going to take our first break here in a minute. But first, uh, just so you guys know, if you would like to talk to us about anything we're talking about during this particular episode or any episode, or if you would like to throw something out there you would like to hear us talk about, we always like to discuss with you or just want to talk to us on social media because we love that as well. You can hit us up. We are on Facebook, HorrorZone607. We're on Twitter, at HorrorZone607. Remember to use the hashtag HZ607 whenever you're talking about our show. Also, I would like to uh, throw out there, uh, don't don't beat up on me too much because I said girl. <laughs> uh, I, I know the difference. I'm just tired. And Mike, Mike, Mike is also tired. Yeah, so. I forgot the names of the movies that Freddie Alvarez, Alvarez had directed. been a part yeah, of. And it, it's not that I forgot. I just I couldn't think. Yeah, it's, I know. It's I late. Get it. I get it. It's, it. Well, yeah, for us, we're, for we're us, tired. We've been working we're all old. day. But, you know, hey. Six o'clock is our bedtime. Internet, go easy on us. Yeah, oh, they know it's not my bedtime. I'm putting up. I'm much older. I'll, I'll I'm much night. older than you. You're not much older. You're, you're I'm older. in my seventies. Yeah, right. I am so. seventy-eight years old. <laughs> That's a lie. Anyways, so uh, check us out. Hit us up there, and of course, visit our website eight one two two productions dot com for all things eight one two two productions. Lots of stuff on the way. I I have gotten the store almost ready. Oh. So that means you might be able to get yourself a sweet, sweet Horror Zone 607 shirt, which I just I want to point out, for I am the only one in the face of this earth that currently has one of those. That's correct, because I didn't even make myself one. Yeah. I but have the one and the only. By the way, that's changing, though. Yeah. Because for, uh, th- by the end of this week, myself, Derek, and Ron will all have Horror Zone 607 nice. shirts. Well, because you know we have the con season. We have to yeah. rep our brand. Right. And I also, plan on wearing some, mine. There's also some hashtag 607 podcast shirts floating around. There's also... Three fat nerds and three FNW shirts. I mean, uh, and there's other stuff. Oh, we got some really cool stuff in the works. Uh, once again, when that gets when that gets up, I've gotten most of it getting ready. I just have to get it up and going. Uh, trust me, you guys are going to want to check that out. There's some pretty cool stuff. And I'm not shirt. just saying that. Just because, I love my uh, shirt. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm not just saying it because it's our podcast. But there's going to be stuff that's not podcast related as well. Nice. I got some cool ideas and stuff going up. But anyways, that's for another day. So we are going to take a break. During this break, you're going to hear where we're going to be. Speaking of con season, you're going to hear where we're going to be on October 4th and 5th. When we come back, we have uh, some more news items for you. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be right back on Horror Zone 607. October 4th and 5th in Oneana, New York at the Oneana Foothills Performing Arts Center we present Sci-Fi Horror Fest 2019 this year we have celebrity guests from Children of the Corn Courtney Gaines from Night of the Creeps Jill Whitlow and from Ghost Hunters the paranormal heartthrob himself Dustin Parry also we'll have other guests and vendors, and so, so much more. You can get all your ticket information at scifihorrorfest.com. It is $10 for the weekend, $6 for one day. And we hope to see you in Oneana on October 4th and 5th for Sci-Fi Horror Fest. 
And welcome back to The Zone. Uh, so we got a lot more news to talk about here this week. Um, the first thing that I wanted to kind of bring up, uh, you know, we'd mentioned earlier and we, we posted up on our page at one point that James Wan was working on a new horror film. And although we don't have a ton of detail still about it, uh, there is a couple things that we did find out over the last week. Ooh, uh, intriguing. First of all, it's uh, going to be a Jallo. Well, that was rumored, but now it's confirmed. It's official. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's confirmed. Uh, the other thing is, is uh, as of today, uh, today being Tuesday, uh, we've got a name for this movie. Uh, it is going to be titled Malignant. Malignant, huh? All right, cool. So, that sounds like a Jallo movie title. Yeah. So I, I feel like he's diving right in. I, I, I'm intrigued. Uh, James Wan has done a good job. He's he's launched some franchises, as we know, some very successful franchises. Uh, those franchises he launched during times, all of them, believe it or not, during times where horror was not king right like it's it's one thing to jump in now where horror's king you know with it with the it franchise sorry it chapter one and two and halloween coming out and making all this stuff and then and i'm not i'm not downplaying anybody's come out because the child's play remake we we found entertaining mm -hmm. we both really liked ready or not like so there's a lot of good stuff out there that's coming out and keep it coming uh, but right now when horror's king because it is uh, it's easier i think to get a movie made so the fact that james wan launched a couple different franchises big major franchises when horror was not in vogue for both of them because right. think about the conjuring universe when conjuring came out it wasn't it, it was there wasn't a calling right like that came out and it did massively well and it was like, oh, wait, wait a minute. There's, you know, there's something to this. Right. And so it caught on. Well, you know, and here's the thing, too. I mean, when I think of Jalos, I, I think 70s, maybe 80s. I, you know, I'm sure right. that they're still being made, but you don't hear about modern Jalos. No. So this is something that he might be kind of bringing back. You know, it's going to be interesting. It's an interesting style of film. I'm not a huge fan personally, but, you know, I am a big fan of James Wan and his work. Well, I mean, with, so, with, with Saw, they did the torture porn. Yeah, I thought they think they brought in torture porn because from yeah. there we had Hostel and everything else. Right. I I mean, obviously saw not to the level of Hostel. Right. And, and that, but still, I think that's you can credit them with bringing it to the forefront. Right. Uh, he brought back the haunted house movie. Oh yeah, Conjuring. And look at the that possession universe. haunted house movie, and that universe has grown bonkers. I mean, even though the last Annabelle movie I was not a fan of, and I know you weren't because it basically right. looked like an infomercial for more Conjuring stuff. Right. But uh, you know, still can't argue the fact that that is a massive successful franchise. Everything Same with has saw been. Saw coming back now as we know and uh maybe now's the time to bring something back that people haven't seen in a long time well, i'm just saying if 30 you, 40 years think about it the the how the haunted house slash possession movie had fallen on its ass really yeah i mean we had i mean you know the first emily rose movie was was all right the possession of emily rose oh that's it, a great movie it, yeah this was it i was good i mean it wasn't the exorcist but you know right. nothing is similar going to be aspects of it, it does have similar aspects kind of but paralleled i mean it a little it, bit the sequel i think i i don't know i was not a fan of the sequel i'm sorry of of em, the the uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose. There wasn't a sequel to or that. Or no, that was, uh, which one did they do? There was so many to? other ones you probably thought that they were sequels. I thought, I, thought they, I thought they did a sequel to that. No. They did a sequel to one of the Possession movies. Yeah. There were so many of them that... And I just remember because the person was contorted into a two. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, I don't remember what it was. That was horrible. Yeah, see, see, sorry. I, if I'm it was the possession of somebody. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> anyways, moving on. Anyways, it kind of fell on its ass. And then, you know, Conjuring comes out and brings it back up. Because, I mean, right before that, Amityville did the remake in... <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. 
That's Anyways, on stars every single con- night. I just want to point that out. Continuing on there. Uh, so bringing back Jallo, you never know. Yeah. Here, comes, here comes the Jallo revolution brought on by James Wan. And hardcore horror fans like that. You know, it's it's something that the professor loves. Uh, our good friend Luke loves. You know, they they love that. There's there's hardcore horror fans that love that style of movie. Again, I'm not a fan, but maybe he'll make me a like, you know, make me a lover of it. So interesting. You know, we'll see where it goes. It's something I certainly will go see. Um, next up, uh, we got some video game news. You like yeah. to play video games? Yes, I'm a, I'm a fan of video games. I'm a big fan of, uh, of a, I, I, although I'm not a big fan of the zombie subgenre, um, there was a zombie-ish uh, game that came out, a little game, a few years ago. I'm sure you may have seen it or played it. Uh, it's called The Last of Us, and uh, I, that is a critically acclaimed game. It was an amazing game. I've gone back and played it several times. I love the game, and we all knew that there was a sequel to the game coming called The Last of Us Part Two. What mm. we didn't know was when was this thing going to come out? This was announced, and I think that there was video game footage of it like two years ago, and still nothing. Finally, today... Today, it finally got a release date. They've been teasing that there was an announcement coming. It will be out February 21st of 2020. So we are, what, six months away? Yes. You know, yes. it's less than six awesome. months. Less than six months, but yeah. So I'm a fan. Last of Us was a, good, was a great game. Amazing game. It kind I'm of, very big fan. I, I always kind of felt like it maybe somewhat inspired the movie Maggie a little bit, although it was very different. I, I, I felt a little bit of a vibe from that video game watching that movie, which is one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm excited to see this, and I'll be picking this up on day one. I am, and before we go further, I just want to point out the uh, movie we were thinking of was The Last Exorcism. Yes. So there was a part two to that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't see the second one, but I didn't want to after seeing the first one. Exactly. Once again, they... It, it, they all meshed together in that time yeah. frame, unfortunately. Yeah, there were just so many, yes, and they were the, all bad. Yes, the Emily Rose movie was was good. Yeah, Possession of that's Emily a great, Rose great was movie. Really good. Yeah. So, uh, continuing on, sorry, I just wanted to go back and clarify for the listeners. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so, uh, next up on the list, uh, Orion Pictures, which we don't see a lot of anymore. Uh, that was a kind of a big studio back in the 80s. They're, they're still around? They're apparently still around. By, by because the way, Orion was put out the Critters. Movies, yes, the original Critters movies. There was a lot of cool movies from uh, Orion was, back in the day. Saying, the Critters movies, were yeah, Orion. and continue. Sorry. Well, they're developing a remake of the 1977 classic film Audrey Rose, which of course starred the amazing, legendary, iconic Sir Anthony Hopkins. Good luck with this remake. Yeah, I don't know if you're going to top uh, anything that he does. Anthony Hopkins' roles, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they're thinking I mean, with this. Um, it wasn't exactly the greatest movie I've ever seen, but it had, a, it had its creepy moments. They're thinking Halloween 2018 made it a boat tone. Uh, so didn't it, chat, it, it? Both it movies. So didn't uh, Pet Cemetery made some good money. So Child's Play one. made good money for a uh, for a horror for a horror movie. It made good money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, right now horror's hitting in the box office. That's what they're thinking. They're going. Yeah. Let's take this to the bank because the one heavy hitter is uh, stuck in litigation. Yeah. <laughs> or else that would you know. So some of these smaller ones are going to get to play around. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. Well, the premise of the original was a stranger attempts to convince a happily married couple that their daughter is actually his daughter reincarnated. Sounds a little bit like uh, there was another movie in the mid-2000s that had uh, Robert De Niro uh, and Greg Kinnear in it. I'm totally drawing a blank on the name of that one right now, but it's... I know uh, what you're talking about. Yeah. And the, the it, genetically, he genetically... Rebecca did, Romaine Stamos yeah, was in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of similar, although that movie stunk. Um, Audrey Rose, I think more because of its era. It looked good. You know, it had that creepy look to it. 
Um, it wasn't a bad movie by any means. It's just not the best movie that Anthony Hopkins was ever in. He did a lot of other ones. Um, you know, maybe it'll do all right because it's a lesser known movie. But um, the the movie you were thinking of is Hide and Seek. Yes. Yeah. So, I don't know. It kind of had a similar premise, but um, I don't know. Audrey Rose was the better film. So, we'll see. Again, anything you're trying to do that had Anthony Hopkins in an original, originally, good luck. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know how you replace, uh, do a movie with, without Anthony Hopkins that had Anthony that, Hopkins. That, I think that he he and Morgan Freeman are probably my two favorite actors in history, uh, at least you know in my life. You know that, that I can't think of two better actors and that have made so many amazing roles in their lifetime. I think Anthony Hopkins might actually be my favorite actor of all time. Not Malcolm McDowell? No. <laughs> no. No, not a fan of his. Ah, okay. Not a fan just, of his at all. Checking. Especially after he blew us off last year. No, just checking. He waved to you. Yes, I did get a wave. He pretended I wasn't there. Well, I was coming off the, the main stage, so I, I feel like he thought that it was good to give a little wave. And it wasn't like a full-on, like, hey, hey, how you doing? It kind of was, was a kinda, finger point. Kind of just put his hand up. Yeah, we're just going to wave. He was probably shoot, he chewing was probably, away maybe a he fly. Was, he was probably like, hey, just don't come ask for a picture or anything, kid. Because <laughs> I'm not going to give it to you unless I, you have money. I acknowledged you. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> That's the best you could get from him. Um, where he, the next thing up on the list that I want to talk about, uh, and I know you have a little bit more information about this, but uh, casting is official for the Craft remake. Speaking that's, of remakes, that's right. This the Craft remake is. Uh, did did we really need it? Did we really want it? No. It's the no, original wasn't the greatest thing ever, but it's kind of a cult classic. It's no on both ends did that. So uh, Zoe Lister Jones is writing and going to be directing a remake of the 1996 uh, Craft the Craft for Blumhouse. So go ahead, you go figure Blumhouse getting more stuff in there. Uh, it will be starring uh, Kaylee Spanny, who was in Pacific Rim Uprising. Uh, also added to this cast will be Gideon Ed- Eldlon, The Society, Lovey Simone, uh, she was in Salea and the Spades, and uh, Zoe Luna from 15. Um, I'm, I'm not familiar with everybody here. I am familiar with uh, Kaylee Spanny, and I'm also uh, familiar with Gideon Adlon. And I hope I didn't say his name wrong. Sorry. Uh, and I do, you know, so, I mean, here's the thing. I, I It's just one of those situations where I don't think we need one. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think we need a remake of, of The Craft. I don't. I don't think it was a movie. It's become a cult classic, but because it's a cult classic, means it was never. It never did well until later on. I mean, it was popular with our generation. Very popular. I know a lot of people that loved that movie, but I was kind of always like, eh, "But are those same people gonna, bad? Are those same people going to come see this remake? <laughs> maybe, Probably maybe. It depends not. on if they outgrew that phase of their life. But uh, I'm pretty there's sure there's a nostalgia factor to it. I think that some of them will. But uh, most of us are not walking around in Jenko jeans yeah, and the whole goth look anymore. I kind of have a feeling. Now, I haven't really read much about this on purpose because I just didn't care. Uh, but I kind of have a feeling this is going to have like a CW vibe to it. Let's it, get the cast of the CW network. It kind of looks that way. Yeah. kind of looks that way. I that's, mean, that's what I'm getting I mean, from it. With, in the original, you got to remember, they did go with some... Uh, Pretty heavy hitting young actresses at the time that were. Yeah, Nev Campbell Nef was Nef just Campbell was just starting. This yeah, is, this Skeet Ulrich. This was I was gonna say. This is pre Scream. Yeah, the craft was pre Scream. Yeah. So I mean, it, the fact that Skeet Ulrich and uh, Nev Campbell, who would go on to be in Scream, right, were in this movie was was something. Also, uh, there, there there were some pretty good actors. I mean. <sighs> I don't know. Feruza Balk? Yes. Yeah, she, she was I, nuts. I, I, she was I, great. I, she was amazing in that movie. Yeah. She played that role amazingly. I, I like her in movies, believe it or not. I yeah, mean, I do too. She went away after a while. Yeah. She was kind of those, disappeared. She kind of disappeared. The Water Boy, yeah, I, I think, was the, the last wa- time I remember Dude, she her. Was, but she was amazing in The Water She was great in The Water Boy. 
But uh, anyways, we get, should just do a podcast about that. A weekly podcast boy. about the water boy. Just a weekly podcast about episodic. The water boy. Yeah, we'll we'll call it H two O. H two O. That is some Gatorade. High, that, that is some high quality H two O. Anyways, uh, going back to the horror, what we were talking about though. Uh, I, I, once again, I just don't know if we need it. I once again, you know, maybe it would have made a better series for the CW. You know, something like that. Maybe that's where they should have gone with it. I don't know. I guess time will tell. Maybe it'll be better than the original. Depends on what they do with it. If it's going to be, you know, aimed at a PG-13 audience, it's going to be terrible, you know, or, or, you know, who knows what it's going to do. If they make it an R-rated movie that is really, really creepy, you know, with today's technology and stuff like that, maybe it'll be a better movie. Maybe it'll surpass it, but I don't have a whole lot of hopes for it. Nah, me neither. Uh, last thing I kind of wanted to cover, um, this is stuff we talked about last week, but there was a couple things that premiered last week, and I just kind of want to give my two cents. I'm not going to do a full review or anything, but uh, first thing was Hell House LLC 3. Now, we know what a big fan I am of the original. And Absolutely. The second one had its creepy moments once it got going, but it had a terrible beginning, had some terrible acting, and it had a horrible ending. Um the third one came out, and all I can say is, story-wise, for the plot, it had a better plot than the second one, but nothing happened. There was nothing really creepy about it. There was just stuff that they tried to like complete the story, I guess, that they started with the first two movies. They probably would have been fine doing just the first movie and letting it be, because the second one and now the third one are kind of, they're going to tarnish uh, whatever legacy the first one might have had. Uh, but the more and more people that I get watching that movie, my good friend Sean actually finally watched it this weekend, and he he, he messaged me when he first put it on. He goes, I got to say, he's like, you know, I know you dig this movie, but it starts out kind of slow. I was like, give it time. Give it time. It's going to hit hard, and you're going to love this. And by the end of it, he messaged me. He goes, wow. He goes, that was creepy. That was terrifying. That was a, that is exactly what I want to see in a horror movie. It, you know, the first one is 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 perfect as you're going to get for a found footage film. Um, but the sequels kind of tarnish whatever legacy it, it will have. Um, but I don't know. It, it was an okay story, but just nothing creepy really happens. They go back to the same filming location as the first two films, which was kind of cool, but just nothing. It, it wasn't scary at all. There was just nothing there. The ending was abysmal. The ending was worse than the ending of the second one. So, whatever. I, I say watch them. You know, they're they're kind of fun complimentary pieces to the original one, but uh, a little disappointed, as I figured I probably would be when they announced they were making it. Uh, the other thing I just want to bring up, uh, did you get a chance to watch American Horror Story 1984 yet? No, actually, I have not had a chance to watch that yet. So, as we've said on the show, or as I've said on the show before, usually the first episode or two, they kind of hit hard, and I kind of like, like them a little bit on that series. And then after that, they get political. They like to drop the F-bombs. They like to have male nudity, which is great, you know, for people that want to see that sort of a thing. Um, it's just, it's like a broken record every season, and it tails off. The story gets overblown. It, it's a mess. I hope that's not going to happen this season. This had everything that I wanted to see from a slasher. I mean, they, everything for that era, the music, the opening looks like an old, uh, distorted, uh, VHS tape. Um, they really went out of their way for this. And I have a good feeling about this season. Oh yeah. I, I'm going to definitely check it out. I just didn't have the time coming in. We are, right now in con season. I, between doing podcasts and, uh, and everything else going on, I am, I, I barely have time to sleep. Literally, I'm I'm not even joking. Uh, I'm not complaining because I'm having a great time, but it's just ooh, yeah, blah, blah. 
So uh, I will be getting caught up on that. Hopefully uh, this weekend. Well, this weekend I we we have Robocon, but I have some time, so I'm yeah. hoping to catch up on that and a few other I things. I think you're going to dig it. And uh, I've heard nothing but good things, by the way. I have this a lot is of the fr- first time that I have wanted to watch that se- to watch the next episode. I've been anticipating the next episode since Asylum. See, and I told you. Remember when we were going back and you weren't sold? I said, "Man, let it go," because I, I, I looked. I said the trailers looked good. It was looking good, and mind you, that doesn't mean the world, but it was looking good. I know from my friends who are diehard American Horror Story fans, they were kind of tapping out a little bit in the last couple seasons, and they, they all of them have said, you need to watch this, you need to watch this as soon as you can. We know you're busy, give it a watch. And I'm, I'm going to. We're gonna, I'm going to give it a watch, and uh, we're going to stay up to date, and then maybe you know we can do periodic like looking reviews on it for, right. for the fans here on the show. Uh, once again, I just, unfortunately, it's just coming at a bad time here. Right. Con season, the, for us, the fall con season, I should say, for Hashtag 607 Podcast, is whoop it's kicking my arse i know you're the busiest man in podcasting well i got this i got shirts i got i got promotional i had to make sure we had promotional materials Uh, i bought a brand new banner joe rogan ain't got nothing on you uh joe rogan's got millions of dollars (laughs) and i know brother (laughs) that's the only thing he's got over you yeah i bought a new banner by the way i just want to nice yeah so we have a nice banner Sweet. 8122 Productions or it's Three a, Fat Nerds? Well, it's all of us. It's 8122productions.com on the top of it. And it says the 8122productions.com podcast network. And it has the logos for Three Fat Nerds, Three Fat Nerds on Wrestling, and uh, last but certainly not least, Horror Zone 607. Nice. And underneath them, it has our hashtags, too. Can't wait to see it. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I never I got around know. to making one just for our show, so that makes me happy that you got one for everything. Uh, well, I, I I have to plug everything. I'm, I'm a part yeah. of everything. 8122 Productions is me. That is you. <laughs> it is. You are. I, I wish I wish I, I, I'm not trying to like try to get sympathy here, but it is. It's uh, I do all the production here, yeah. but I enjoy it because I get to talk with my good friend Mike. And then on the other show, I get to talk with my good friends, Ron and Derek. And we get to hang. We get to hang out outside of here and all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, coming up, we get to, you know, this, this weekend. Uh, if you're in the Binghamton, New York area, we get to hang out at Galaxy Brewing Company in downtown Binghamton on Friday night, the 27th, as we are doing the hashtag 607 podcast con season kickoff. Uh, that is featuring our, our friends Floodlands and Shout Out the Robots. Both are playing at that show. Yeah. Two other bands as well. And, uh, and I saw our good friend Jimmy Gazdick uh-huh. over the weekend, and uh, he he thanked us for uh, promoting the band and their new album, and uh, he's excited for the show this year. Yeah, weekend. you'll be hearing some new music from uh, Floodlands pretty soon. Unfortunately, we have our ad spaces in there now because we got we want we have to we, we want to support the cons that are supporting us of course being sci-fi horror fest and you'll be hearing about scarecon in a minute uh, and uh yeah i mean it's so good but that, that friday night is five dollars uh cover it goes to the bands there's some really cool drinks there at galaxy galaxy is a really cool place there's an arcade and a whole nine in there it's pretty awesome and then uh of course saturday night we're doing the hashtag 607 podcast official after con party because uh, after our robocon appearance right here at dragon master games 1235 upper front street binghamton new york uh doors open at eight the show starts around nine and that'll be shout at the robots that show is completely free and if you're over 21 byob because uh because oh, we can't serve al- we I'll can't bring beer yeah we can't serve alcohol because we don't have a liquor license, but you can drink alcohol because yeah, it's absolutely. a private party. And we will have some like snacks and stuff and some non-alcoholic beverages because we can serve that, and that's all free. Everything's free. And I'm gonna try my best to keep my pants on at this show. Yeah, I'm gonna trust me. I'm gonna have some drinks because uh, it's gonna be a long day. Yeah, long day. Uh, but there, there. I got some plugs in, guys. Sorry, sorry. I know. The, you know, getting off, especially for fans that don't live in the area. But, you know, we're, we're kind of excited about the, the ton of stuff we're doing. Hopefully, that will bring us to an area near you uh, because we're looking to do more cons coming up. I, I've got some more offers out there throughout the year. 
I'm just hoping that it's not as bunched together as we have right now. We literally <laughs> have three cons in a month. <laughs> but it's what makes it so much fun. Two back-to-back, because we have Robocon this over, weekend. We got Sci-Fi Horror Festival on the weekend. When it's over, we're going to be having on. We're, we're going to look back on this as a fond time on our That's list. That's right, my friend. All right. Well, with that being said, we are going to take our final break. We're going to come back with some talking horror. Once again, I told you, we're going to hear about Scarecon during this break. And, of course, at the end of the show, you get if you stay around, you can hear that interview as well. But check out what uh, you can expect from Scarecon in Rochester. And when we come back with talking horror, we'll be right back. Horror Zone 607. Join us October 18th, 19th, and 20th in Rochester, New York at the Rochester Riverside Hotel for Scaracon. This year we have a ton of great celebrity guests, including Barbara Crampton, Felissa Rose, Ashley Lawrence, David Naughton, the cast of Terrifier, the 40th anniversary of Phantasm, and of course Pinhead himself. Doug Bradley will all be there, all of them, plus so much more. There will also be vendors and all such sorts of other great entertainment going on that weekend in Rochester, New York. For all tickets and other information about Scaracon, go to Scaracon.com and we'll see you in Rochester on October 18th, 19th, and 20th. All right, horror fans, it's time for Talking Horror. I mean, let's be honest. We talk horror the whole episode, but this is the segment where we like to do some fun stuff. Sometimes you get the list. Sometimes you just get a you know an argument, if you will. Usually it's not like a beatdown argument, but some kind of, you know, who is better, Jason or Freddy? You know, something like that. You know, if for longtime listeners, you know what to expect. Right. I, I'm just saying this for our new listeners who might have come over since the death of Podcoin. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Podcoin. We should have opened the podcast with that. Yeah, for those, uh, you did a eulogy. Yes, yes. Uh, coming up uh, this Friday, check out uh, Super Media Bros, uh, available anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, they are doing an f- official uh, funeral for uh, Podcoin, <laughs> and uh, the three fat nerds did a eulogy, and we sent it to them. That will be part of their show. It so was fun while it lasted. Just got, it was fun while it lasted. It gave me a nice little boost to my ego. Anyways, continuing on, getting back to what you guys wanted to listen to before we rambled. It's Talking Horror. This week, Mike's got an interesting thing. There was an article, right, Mike, that you wanted to kind of touch on and get our opinion and then go from there? Yeah, so there was an editorial uh, that Bloody Disgusting, which is our favorite website, uh, we get a lot of our news, most of our news from there. Uh, they put up something uh, today. Um, the article is titled... 10 great horror films that should have gotten sequels and uh you know it's one of those things we've kind of hit on this a little bit you know in the past but uh it's a cool article so what i think i'm going to do is just kind of read off uh what they have listed and we'll kind of discuss them and uh at the end you know what we're, what we're going through this you know make a mental note rich uh you know mm-hmm. think of some movies that you think should have gotten a sequel or should get a sequel and uh, i've already jotted down a few as well awesome right. so we'll uh, and maybe we'll think of more as we get going uh so the very first one on the list you know that I want to see a sequel to this. We've discussed this, and uh, it's one of my favorite horror movies, or should I say horror comedies, that's ever happened. The greatest mockumentary of all time. And it would be Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Oh, I'm in for this. 
I'm 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 a hundred percent in for this. Yeah, there's been like little uh, rumors here and there that they were going to do it. There was something a picture that popped up on Twitter at one point that had, um, you know the the actors that were in the movie. They were in like a some kind of a meeting and there was like a script or something on the table and the writer and the director and everybody was like you know kind of sitting there and they kind of teased that something was coming but nothing ever really materialized that we're aware of. Uh, there was a sequel comic book series which I got the first few up, uh, issues of and uh, it was excellent. It was a lot of fun. It uh, you know, was very much in the same vein of the movie, but um, I want to see a movie. I want to see a new movie. Absolutely, I'm all in for uh, a behind the mask sequel. Uh, next on the list is uh, the burning. Now we've kind of discussed this movie in the past, what we thought about it and whatnot. But um, you know, at this point in time, thirty almost forty years later, I I would absolutely dig seeing a sequel. I, I think that there probably should have been one. They could still do that. In fact, I I could I could see a series if it's done right. If it's not such a low budget. Um, movie, you know, they can end up making something really cool here. But I, I think I'd rather, I, I would have loved to have seen a sequel to this. I mean, a, a few years back, it'd have been like a 40 year old sequel and eh, never worked. But then Halloween 2018 happened. And right. That worked very well for the box office. So, hey, you know, I, I'd be interested. I, there's a lot you could do with uh, the burning. Um, there's a lot you could do with it 40 years later. Or, you know, you could even set a timepiece and do it, you know, you know, a timepiece yeah. for it, do a proper sequel. Either way, uh, I, I would be interested. It was a very intriguing movie. It definitely is one that could use a sequel. Right. No. Next on the list is one I've never seen, but I've heard nothing but good things about. It has one of my favorite all-time actors, one of the funniest men on the planet, and that'd be Bubba Hotep. Ooh, I love Bubba Hotep. I still need to see one it. One of my personal favorite movies, period. Uh, we're going to be doing Scaricon, and there's a few people at Scaricon who were in Bubba Hotep. Yeah. Not, you know, we're obviously missing Bruce Campbell. Uh, of course, the director is also there, because uh, the director is Don Cascarelli, who uh, directed yeah. Phantasm. He yeah. also directed Bubba, Bubba Hotep. So I'm very intrigued. Uh, you know, mind you, they were doing the Phantasm 40th. You guys just heard it during uh, the break. And I'm super excited to talk to him about <laughs> Bubba Hotep, to the point that I hope that the panel goes... Uh, I, I pitched a panel idea for Bubba Hotep, so I'm hoping. I mean, obviously, we're missing Bruce Campbell. That's a big piece. Uh, I love the movie. Uh, of course, I would love a sequel just because it was an amazing movie. And, Mike, you have to see this movie. Yeah, I've been maybe, meaning to for years. Maybe I love of, Bruce Campbell. Maybe one of these nights for your uh, 61 days of horror movies, you should watch Bubba Hotep. That's you not know, a bad idea. You deserve, you deserve to do that. But Maybe that's one of the ones that we remember when we were going to launch the reviews. Maybe that's one that I'll watch with you and we can review it. It's an amazing movie. If is it a never horror movie it, though? Because I thought it was just a comedy. Just it, a straight up comedy. It is a dark comedy. Is it? Because, I mean, it's a dark comedy in the, it's very much in the, in the uh, tongue of the original Evil Dead. Ah, so it is a comedy, but it has horror elements. I mean, there is there is there is zombies, if you will. Oh, okay. And so and uh, the, it's it's amazing. Uh, the fact that uh, he believes he's Elvis, <laughs> and then there's, there's a great picture of him on here walking with like a walker. Yes, he he believes he's Elvis. That's where it comes from. Bruce Campbell plays a. They're, they're all in this like uh, I don't want to say insane asylum because it's not really an insane asylum. It's kind of like a home <laughs> and uh, he believes he's Elvis. And then there's another gentleman. There's a black gentleman who believes he's John F. Kennedy. Oh, it's very good. It, it, but it, it is actually really good. It's funny, but there is, I mean, it's not very scary. It's yeah. not one of those horror movies where there's any scary moments. Cause there's it not, sounded but silly. There's, there is horror elements to it. It is a dark comedy. It's, it's actually super good. I would suggest seeing it. Uh, once again, I would, I would be a fan of, maybe we'll do a review of it for the listeners. Right. Like not on this show, but remember we're going to do bonus episodes. We sure. said, Maybe that's one of them we should do together because I honestly, it's a whole. It's a great movie. It's a good watch. Watch it. All right. 
All right, next one on the list is one that I actually am surprised that we didn't get a sequel, but I don't think it did very well. I know critically it didn't, uh, but I don't know that it, did, it really did a lot um, financially either. Uh, it was one of the early ones that James Wan was behind around the time that the uh, Saw series was uh, really successful. Uh, he directed it, and it was written by Lee Wanell. Uh, that would be Dead Silence, uh, the movie with the uh, ventriloquist dummies. Uh, that was an, an interesting movie. It did leave itself open for a sequel. Yeah, it I certainly can't believe did. it didn't do a sequel. But then again, you know, I don't think it made a lot of money, did it? Uh, that I don't know. I'll Here, look me, it up. I'll, I'll, look, I'll look it up while you're talking, though. But I mean, you know, what I think of that one is, you know, the first Annabelle movie, which I actually like. That's my favorite in the, of the three Annabelle movies. And I know that I'm in the minority when I say that. A lot of people hated that movie. But the first Annabelle movie, critically, did not do well. It made some money, nowhere near as much as its sequel did. But I kind of see that in the same vein like I, i'm surprised you know they they went on with annabelle and, and did sequels why did they not do anything more with this uh, i don't know I, I just looked it up the uh, the budget of the movie was 20 million dollars its box office was 22.2 million dollars so so it did make it did make money basically kind of broke even it, although we don't know what they spent on advertising and i it doesn't have dvd sales it just has box office yeah. so when the box office has made its money back usually that, that gets you a sequel usually yeah I'm a little surprised that there wasn't. I would have dug that because I think that maybe they could have done better. It really was a critical failure. A lot of people hated that movie, especially coming off of Saw and how successful that was and how many people liked the Saw series. I don't even remember what they were up to at that point. It might have only been the first one or two movies. Uh, did, did, what year was it that it came out? came out on March 16th, 2007. Okay. USA. So yeah, that That's was used to saying 20 now. <laughs> Saw was in the middle of its run at that point. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. I, I would still like to see a sequel, although I think that too much time has passed, so I don't know that that's going to happen. But um, they, yeah. I, I don't know. If Annabelle could have done it, and they were involved with, uh, not Lee Wanell, but if if James Wan was involved with that, and he was able to take something that was such a critical failure and make it advance the way that he did, I'm surprised that he didn't do that with this. Of course, he was a lesser-known name still kind of at that point. He was just oh, kind of yeah. getting his footing, so... Um, next one on the list is uh, one that uh, you hear a lot about um, with sequels or, or remakes. Um, I believe something's in the works with it now, and that's Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, I love Killer Clowns from Outer Space. By the way, back at Hollywood, uh, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. Yeah. Uh, this year, a house instead of just a scare zone. Uh, you know, I've, I've, always, I've always been a fan of, of Killer Clowns. I just showed it to my kid. I think I told you about this. I think I even said it on the podcast. I could be wrong. Uh, if I didn't, uh, if, if I already heard this on this podcast, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it again. I just showed my kid the, the this movie, and he laughed and enjoyed it as much as I did. Once again, it's another one of those movies. It's not really scary, but it is a fun movie. I would always, I'd like to see a sequel just because it was so much fun, and I think that's what we're missing right now. I think really in the world of horror, uh, horror is getting to the point where it's taking itself seriously again. I mean, there was a lot of laughs in It Chapter 2, but at the same time, as we pointed out before, I believe they had to have a lot of mass at laughs because it was so mean-spirited if right. you didn't. Uh, and so it's kind of only breaking even if you really think about it. And, I, I, you know, Ready or Not was good tongue-in-cheek, but it was still at times very intense. Right. Even even when it was tongue in cheek, there were some scenes in that. There were some portions of that movie where it was super intense. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, there is something to be said for something like Killer Clowns that is not intense ever, and just makes you laugh, but at the same time gives you that horror vibe. Right. And I, I think that's missing right now. So a, a, a sequel to Killer Clowns for, and obviously it's popular because Halloween Horror Nights. It was so popular as a scare zone has now made it a house. Right. And I, obviously they're not going to put that kind of money into it if it's not popular. It was a very yeah. popular area. So and you know what? Here's the thing. You know we're just talking about. Um, you know, um, Dead Silence and how, you know, it's only been, what, like, not even 15 years. It's been 12 years since that movie came out, and it's one of those forgotten things that at this point a sequel may not work. Killer Clowns is a whole different story. It's an, it's, it's, it, the thing lives forever. 
50 years from now, people are still going to be talking about that movie. It's silly, it's goofy, but it's got its own legendary status to it. So Put it this way. Killer that one Clowns, could make a sequel still, and it would still make money. People kill, would adore it. Killer Clowns from Outer Space is 31 years old. Yeah. Came out in 1988. But I, I would rather see no, a no. sequel to that. I'm just saying. Think about Dead Silence. Think about it. 31 years, and people still talk about that movie. Make yeah. the damn sequel. And I don't want to reboot. This is not oh, what no. I want to reboot. I don't want to remake. That could get a sequel. I don't, I don't want to reboot or a remake. I want a continuation. Because that's a story where they can come back. Oh, yeah. Like, think about it. They left all that time. They just can come back. You could really... I mean, it sounds like bad. You could almost do almost the same full premise, only in the modern age. Right. And guess what? It would be a, a, a proper sequel. Hey, they came after 31 years. The killer, well, and at this point, it'd probably be 32 years or so. 32, 33 years, the killer clowns have returned. You right. Know, you could have played this off of the damn it thing. Oh, yeah. Right. You can still do that. Are you hearing me? I'm giving you money. Whoever can come in Hollywood can come up with this idea. I'm giving you money. You can literally make a remake and call it Killer Clowns from Outer Space 2. Only just set it in modern times with modern things and say that they came back like Pennywise. And you will make about a ton of money. I'm just yeah. throwing it out there. Just throwing it out. I'm all for it. It and would I'm make money. Mad. It would I'm make a even, lot of money. Guess what? If you take my idea, take it. Yeah. As long as I get to watch it, take it. Uh, next on the list is another one I've never seen before. Uh, I think I've heard of it, but uh, I, I've never seen it. Uh, it was a 2008 creature feature by the name of Splinter. I have seen Splinter. How is that? Uh, it's a good movie. Uh, it's, I mean, it's not my favorite, but I like the movie quite a bit. Um, it does leave itself open for a sequel. That's the first line in this thing. This unique 2008 creature feature ended with a hook that screamed, give me a sequel. First line in this article for that, for that piece. Isn't that funny? Uh, so basically, Splinter is a movie that is similar to, if you don't know, is similar to The Thing. Uh, oh, that's okay. the best way I can say. Uh, here's the here's the exact. Uh, I, I have I pulled up the exact synopsis. When their plans for a nature trip go awry, Polly Watt, played by Jill Wagner, and boyfriend Seth Blazer, played by Paolo Costanzo, decide to check into a motel on their way. On their way, they're carjacked and kidnapped by low rent crooks Dennis Farrell, Shay Wigman, and Lacey Bazell, Rachel Krebs, who take the victims in their SUV to a nearby gas station. Along the way, they encounter an increasingly terrifying horde of parasites, and if uh, any of them intend to survive, they'll have to outsmart the deadly organisms. Apollo Costanzo, he was in a bunch of things in the in the mid two thousands. Oh, he was absolutely. In, um, Forty Days and Forty Nights. Uh, he was in. Um, um, the one that had uh, Stifler in it. That they went with the oh, college. Why am I drawing a blank? Road trip. Yes, road, road trip. trip. Uh, he was in a couple of those things, and he kind of started making his name. He was hilarious, and he just kind of disappeared. So I like, didn't I mean, he was in not, a horror movie. It's not exactly like uh, the best. The, the reason I say it's the best. The reason I can explain here. I'll show you a picture, Mike, just in case you didn't see. But here's a kind of a picture of things from the movie. Uh, sorry, you guys can't see this, but that's why I kind of said the thing because it's it's body parts that are growing things off of it. Oh yeah. So there's a lot of stuff like that. It's a really cool movie. It's a I'll really have to check that out. Yeah, you should check it out. If you, I mean, it's not on the level of the thing. Don't don't misquote me and say that I said it's better or the same level as the thing. It's not, but it is a fun movie yeah. and it's in that vein. And it, I I would definitely say to watch it. In a sequel, it does leave when you see the ending of the movie, it leaves itself open to a sequel. I can see just hearing the premise. I can see that being a movie that they could have done more with. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next one on the list is Deep Rising, another one that I saw I think once a long time ago, and I don't remember much about it. Oh man, a Deep Rising. It's been a while. I I do remember seeing it. I don't remember. Whew, it's been. It looks like it's a massive sea creature that hijacks a cruise liner or something. Well, it's night. It's nineteen ninety eight. First of all, yeah. Uh, 
it's uh, here's the synopsis because a newly unveiled ocean liner, the Arg- Argnautica, sets out on its first cruise only to encounter dangers both on board and in the ocean depths. While the beautiful thief Trillian, Fameke Jansen, attempts to steal riches from the boat's wealthy passengers, the ship encounters major problems, most notably a giant murderous sea creature with tentacles. Eventually, a boat captained by John Finnegan, Treat Williams, comes across the Argnautica, and everyone struggles to survive the monster. Yeah, I remember I did see it once a long time ago. Famke Jensen's awesome. She was she was great in uh, the, whatever you want to call it, the remake, I guess, of House uh, on Haunted Hill. So uh, she played uh, Price's wife in that movie, and uh, that's a great movie in and, itself, in and of itself. But, uh, yeah, I don't remember much about it. It was a flop when it came out, but... Um, yeah, we don't, uh, there's there's not enough of those kinds of movies that got sequels. I mean, it got a 29 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <clears throat> uh, although IMDb has a 6.1 out of 10, mm. uh, box office was 11.2 million dollars. It doesn't say how much they paid for it though. Right, right. <laughs> That's always a bad sign. Uh, the next one on the list, and I this was supposed to get a sequel years ago. Every few years, it's like we get like this little tease that they're going to make a sequel. I know you would want to see a sequel to it. I know I want to see a sequel to it, and that would be Trick or Treat. Ooh, please sign me up. You know that? Please sign me up. Legendary Pictures actually was the ones that uh, produced this. Uh, of course, used to be owned uh, by a gentleman that lives in our hometown. Uh, he was from uh, Endwell, New York, originally. Um, but uh, he sold the company, and uh, like right after they announced that they were going to be making a sequel to it, and it's just like it's dead in the water at this point again. But that's a movie that was it came out around the same time that behind the mask did both of them went direct to video and both of them are amazing amazing horror movies they should have gotten theatrical releases especially trick or treat i cannot believe that that was not in theaters i've i've always pointed this out i think i've said i definitely have said this on this podcast before trick or treat feels like a classic horror movie from the 80s from the golden age in the 80s and it was made in 2007 yeah uh, by the way, I'm not the only one who thinks that. 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Google users, 93% like it. You know, so I mean, it's it's a it's an amazing movie. Uh, here's the thing: it's an anthology movie at the end of the day. Oh yeah, and they could have just kept this going. It could have been like the modern day Creep Show. And I know, Creepshow, and it had a Creep Show feel to yeah. it with the comic book. And I know Creep Show is coming. We will be able to talk about Creep Show. I think next week. Yeah, it comes out this week. Yeah, Thursday. it comes out this Thursday. So well, you'll hear us talk about the first episode of Creep Show next week because it's going to be coming back to Shutter. I heard it's great. I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I mean, this made the budget was twelve million dollars, and it doesn't say how much it made, but I'm telling you, as much of a cult classic it is, it probably doubled, tripled, quadrupled that. I do not know why you want to make a sequel. And right now, with all the streaming services, you could even do what Creep Show is now doing and make this a TV show where Sam is kind of the your crypt keeper, if you will, your link to every story and just do anthologies that way. Either way, that or a movie would work for me, and it lends itself to it because it is. And I love that my favorite part of the movie is that everything ties together so neatly. Oh, yeah. Like Perfectly. You, I love how they tie all the ends in. Like, every story is connected, and yeah. you find it out throughout. Had some great comedy in it. It's also one of those ones where the, the, the ending is in the beginning, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of was all over the place and tied in perfectly. But uh, you know, that's one of those things. Thomas Tall is the gentleman I was I was uh, talking about mm-hmm. that owned used to own uh, Legendary Pictures, which produced it. Um, he's good friends with my cousin's husband, and um, I never got a chance to meet him. He was at their wedding, and I just I never got a chance to meet him. Now that he doesn't run it anymore, it's kind of neither here nor there. But I always wanted to talk to him and say, "Can you please, please get Trick or Treat Two going?" I would have killed. 
to have had that conversation with him to see if there was anything that I could have done to play a small role in getting that push forward. Not going to happen now. Yeah, I got Nothing you. he can do. But I just, I'm kind of wondering at this point if we're not going to see, you know, a sequel to it. But if there was ever a horror movie that needed one, you know, or, or could have had one, that would have been amazing. And make it a ton of money. Oh, yeah. a ton of money, too. That made a lot of money just being direct to DVD. But Absolutely. How was that movie not in theaters? I don't know, but I, I'd be happy to take it any way I can get it. Yeah. Uh, the next one on the list was Grindhouse, which I was kind of, eh, whatever. I think well, the sequels I mean, to that would have been in, like, the little fake faux trailers that were in the middle. I always wanted to see Thanksgiving. I mean, Thanksgiving. well, technically we got it. Machete. Well, yeah. Because Machete was one of the Thanksgiving they talked about doing. They thought about doing Thanksgiving as well, but, I mean, Machete happened. So, I mean, in a th- in theory, we got it. Because, really, all Grindhouse was a sequel. I mean, I, I'll give it this. It, just like Trick or Treat, it lended itself to have sequels. Because every couple of years, you could do, you know, a double feature like that and make it happen. I don't know why. Uh, they didn't because I think that there was some money there, especially with everybody involved, you know, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino. So I don't get why they didn't do it. But, you know, then again, again, Machete's technically also a, like a sequel to the. Right. Uh, and know. that got a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Machete kills. Yeah. Now we have Halloween kills. Yes. Pretty everybody s- kills. Everybody Pretty much kills. it'll be uh, Freddy kills and Jason kills. You never know. You yeah, get Freddy kills. Everybody's going to kill. Yeah. Why not? All right, last one on the list, and again, I think that you probably agree with this because we've discussed this before, but um, the uh, the remake of Evil Dead is the last one on this list. And, you know, Fede Alvarez, we just talked about him earlier in the show, how he's going to be producing the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Get behind the camera and make the sequel. I mean, he, over the last year or two, he's he's posted things on Twitter teasing this. At one point, he said, you know, which, which one should I make a sequel to, Don't Breathe or Evil Dead? And everybody was Evil Dead, Evil Dead, Evil Dead. And the next thing you hear is he's going to be behind Don't Breathe 2, which I haven't heard anything else about in a long time since they announced that they were going to be making it. So I don't know what's going on there, but you know I, I don't even necessarily want to see somebody else directing it. I want to see Fede Alvarez direct it. Bruce Campbell's behind it. Sam Raimi's behind it. Everybody's behind this thing. I want to point out, 2013, with a budget of $17 million, it made, in the box office alone, $97.5 million. And people have been dying to see that. That's you know At the time that it came out, I think that there were some people critical because they were big fans of the original, and that's just what's going to happen. But for the most part, that movie has gotten so much positive feedback over the years. I, I can't think of another remake that anybody has ever talked about wanting to see a sequel so badly to. I'm a, I was a fan, and uh, there was a, the long talks, and I, I know we talked about it on this podcast before. There was talks and rumors. I mean, obviously, they didn't come true, so we should just say rumors that that was going to be this big Evil Dead universe where it was going right. to be where you were going to have that, and then they were going to make Army of Darkness 2 right. with Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi, and then they were going to do Evil Dead 2, which would be a direct sequel to the new, the remake, if you will, would you imagine. And then they were going to do some big crossover movie right. where it was going to bring the two Evil Dead worlds together and i don't know why we didn't get it they ended up doing the series ash versus evil dead which was amazing right one right. of my favorite things that i watch on tv but it just didn't get the viewership and after it got canceled after three seasons everybody was kind of like okay well i guess nobody wants to see evil dead anymore and now, and now we're gonna get a evil dead game yeah we're getting like i mean we had we had two in the past don't right don't get me wrong and they were fun for what they were but this one's going to be a total immersive survival horror game because now survival horror is a, a big genre in video right. games as we talked about i mean even we were just talking about last of us and in a lot of ways last of us is a survival horror oh game. yeah uh so you know it, it's it's uh, the iron is still hot you know uh, jump in there people want to see it uh, obviously people love the product i would say just make it uh, eventually i got to get the the uh 
I got to get a poster or what do you call it? frame. Sorry. I have an evil dead, the re the remake evil dead poster that I will be in here. Great, theatrical great poster. poster. Poster's amazing. It says it's the scariest Everything movie. about that was It says great. it's the scariest movie ever made. I don't know about that well, necessarily. But that's what it says. That's what poster. it says. It was scary. I just went back and watched it again a couple of months ago. I hadn't seen it in a few years and what a great horror movie it, it is. is. It is terrifying at spots. Yeah. And on top of it, it is mean-spirited. It, there is no fun. Right. They strip the fun completely out of any of the Evil Dead's. Evil Dead 1 or 2. Yeah. And it, from the rumors, once again, Again, there were rumors. Uh, Sam Raimi had come out and said, you know, that it was his concept for the original Evil Dead movie. That when he, when they were doing the remake, he gave Fetty Alvarez the original notes that he wrote for Evil Dead before, you know, before he ever made it. And he said that some of the stuff in that movie came straight from those notes, which people then also give took, them a budget. And right. And then look people, what you can do. Well, also back then you, you didn't have the technology they have now. Well, there's no technology, but there was also a low budget movie. Right, they were right, a bunch right. of college people. Well, yeah. You know, I, I mean, it only cost 17 million in this time frame, And I'm not right. saying that that's a, uh, you know, for us, that's a lot of money, but in Hollywood terms, 17 million is not a ton of money either to make a movie. Uh, and I'm just going to say that that sparked the rumor that this was the, a movie that, uh, uh, Sam Raimi wanted to make, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's so. I think that this is a movie Fetty Alvarez wanted to make, right? And he just got helped along with some notes from Sam Raimi, and he definitely incorporated some of those scenes. And neither one of them has ever said which scenes were scenes that uh, Sam Raimi was the mastermind behind that he originally wanted to not shot. Right? I mean, terrifying. Think about one of the terrifying scenes of that is that room where the cats are just all hanging. Yeah. Just terrifying. I'm just saying they took oh, a yeah. movie. They took a movie. The even the first one, which is scarier than Evil Dead Two, and Evil Dead Two is way more slapstick, and it was done on purpose, obviously. Right. Uh, Evil Dead. E- either one of those movies, none of neither one of them is as scary as the sequel. Or right. as the remake, if I should say, or reimagining, or whatever you want to call it, the 2013 version. That movie is just mean spirited. There is no, like, there is really no humor in that movie. Right. Oh, no. It is just mean spirited. Yeah. And some of the best makeup production, some Gore. of the best. Oh, oh man. Oh, my God. The I mean, blood. The, the, the nail gun. Oh, my God. The nail girl gun cutting gun. her face with the mirror. Oh, my Lord. That, like, that's again? hard to watch to this day. I've seen that movie, I don't know how many times, and it's it's still hard to watch. Listen, it, they, you might not agree that it's the scariest movie ever, but they, they can put that on a poster and they, they have a claim. In time, it may be considered one of the scariest. I think... I really, think, if you... Honestly, when you think, I think about now, it... I think now, it's I would say it's one of the scariest movies. It made me uncomfortable, and I love that kind of movie. Oh, yeah. And it made me uncomfortable. I'm just throwing it out there. It was great. You know, the one of the movies that made it... You know, it, uh, Cabin in the... Not Cabin in the Woods. Um, what's uh, the one that uh, Eli Roth did originally? Oh, With uh, the skin disease. Um, Why are we drawing blanks here? Cabin Fever. Cabin Fever. Thank you. See, I knew we were drawing blanks. I keep saying Cabin in the Woods. That's what I was doing. I was throwing myself out. But Cabin Fever, also a movie that doesn't get the respect it should because that movie is brutal too at times. Yeah, it is. There that's is, a hard that, movie to watch. That's not, that's so not, gross. That's not as mean-spirited as... Uh, the Evil Dead, right? But it is, it is, it is hard to watch, especially when there she's was a lot like, of comedy she's wrapped shaving up in that her, one, but. yeah. But when she's shaving her legs and her skin is just coming yeah. off in layers, ah, oh, it's so. The terrible. remake was off. It was the exact same script and it was terrible. But, oh, but the yeah, sequels but the were terrible. Was but the amazing. original one was, yeah, it was gross. Original gross, one was gross, gross, amazing. Gross movie. And yes, there is a lot of comedy in that one, though. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so while we were doing this, like I said, there was a couple things I just jotted down. Movies that I've thought of that that I always wish that it got a. Um, 
you know, a sequel to them and just never did. Um, the first thing that came to my mind that I've always wished would both versions, there was a, an original and a remake. We've talked about it many times in the, in the past on the show, but uh, both versions of My Bloody Valentine, those were both left open to have sequels. Neither one of them ever got it. I don't get it. I, I would have loved to have seen sequels to those. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. I mean... Uh, I'm always a fan. Uh, I think it would have been better to do a sequel than to do the remake e- even because I think there would have been a really cool story there. But Oh, yeah. You know, it is what it is. Uh, the next one that I've got written down, Slither. Great movie. Great movie. Another definitely, horror comedy, but definitely, disgusting. Definitely, and By the way, definitely begs to have a sequel. How could it not? There was so much more they could have done with it. That, that movie is underrated. Too. Definitely begs to have a sequel. Uh, the next one I put down would be The Fun House. Oh, another good one. I think that could have been bad. I, I would almost rather see a remake to that one than a sequel. Well, but at either point, way, at this point, you'd have to do a remake. Right. At this point. But and it could I be better like see, if they made it more of a slasher than like a creature feature. But to go with this conversation, I would like to see it remade and then a sequel to the remake. Sure. But, it, you know, it, you know, they probably should have had a, a sequel at one point. So. Yeah. Um, the next one I've got on there would be both. Again, we got an original and a remake, both of which... I would have loved to have seen sequels to both of them because I love both versions of it, and that would be The House on Sorority Row and the remake being Sorority Row. Yeah, that would be good. I, I think Sorority Row gets a bad rap. That I love that movie. The kills in it are great. Absolutely. I'm, so, I'm with you. So far, I'm with you. Uh, next thing, and I think this is one that everybody agrees with. I don't know how it never got a sequel, and it's what everybody wanted to see, and Carpenter's not going to do it. That'd be the thing. I was going to say, you know what? You stole my thunder. That was going to be my big one. Yeah. Because technically it had a prequel, but that is not yeah. a sequel. And it was a good prequel. People need to give that more credit because it was good. Oh, listen, I will. I, here's how you can solve the prequel dilemma. When people are shit on it for no reason, I, I have your solving. Watch the thing, the prequel, which and then is just watch John the thing, and then right, after. right after it, just right after, if you can seamlessly do it, it would do be better. Do a double feature. If you could do it seamlessly, it would be better, which you can't really, unless you have two players going and right. ready to go. But watch the one and then just start it. And it literally starts where where the prequel ends. They did yeah. such a good job. And then when you go through, you see all you of see the work that they put in, every, the little nuances and details. Everything you see in the original thing, the, the, the 1980s version of the thing, I should say. Everything you see in that movie, you see in the prequel. Where Done it's to supposed perfection. To be. Yeah, where it's supposed to be. Now you know why those things were found where they were found. Yeah. It's perfect. I'm sorry. It's perfect. Yeah. I, I, Anybody I that doesn't it. give that a chance does not know horror, does not get that. Does, you know, they can say whatever they want. They apparently don't get the thing because yeah, that I, movie I like was it. really, really good. But it should get a proper sequel. That was going to be my uh, yeah. big one. I'm surprised it one. didn't. Uh, I've got two more that I put on the list here, uh, and and hear me out when I give you the first one, The Shining. And I'm not talking about Doctor Sleep. I'm talking about there's rumor that they're going to be making a direct sequel called The Overlook Hotel. But I would like to I would like to see something more. And again, you know, it's we've talked about this too. How do you outdo what? Stanley Kubrick did. You probably don't. You'd you have can't. to get somebody like Mike Flanagan to do it. Um, that, that would make... I think they would do a, a commendable job. It wouldn't be the same, but I would love to see what else is going on in that hotel. There's yeah, spirits in there. But you can argue that Doctor, uh, Doctor Sleep is that sequel. I mean... But it's not essence. going to be. Well, it's it's going to have those things that he put in the movie. It's a, it's a mixture. It is a mixture sequel of the book right. and sequel of the, the, the movie. But it's going to go off in its I own mean, direction. I, that the I book agree did. with you. If you did a pure sequel, it would be awesome. I would love to see that. Like an actual sequel to The Shining, not Doctor Sleep, not something that takes place thirty years later or whatever, forty years later. An actual sequel in that hotel. I got you. And there, I, there's rumors it's going to happen, but will it be good? I'm with it, other. 
The last one I've got, and this was something that they did discuss doing um, about 15 years ago. Um, it's near and dear to my heart, one of my favorites, and instead they've remade it twice, and uh, the second one coming out this December, and that would be Black Christmas. Oh, boo for the, the new one coming out. Yeah, I know. And I'm just saying boo to that one. Around the time that the, I think it was what, 05 or 06 that the uh, first remake was made, which is not good, it's not great, but it, it at least keeps the same spirit of the original one. It looked the part, it had a lot of the same atmosphere to it. Um, I like the, the way that the the mansion looked and the colors that they used and stuff like that. It just had a stupid plot where they really got too much into the Billy character. But um, Bob Clark, who of course was behind a Christmas story and the original black Christmas, uh, he was going to, I, I believe it was after that the remake was made. He was going to actually do a direct sequel to the original movie uh, and go back to that. And then of course he, uh, he unfortunately passed away with his son in a car accident. A drunk driver hit them. But uh, I would have loved to have seen a sequel to the original. Yeah, I'm I'm with it. I it was left uh, wide open for it. The original was amazing. Uh, everything else come up short. Uh, I'm gonna say the 06 one was was decent. Uh, this new one coming out looks like trash. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm oh, sorry. Terrible. It just looks like trash. Terrible. Um. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Uh, my sequel wise, you hit pretty much most of them. I mean, because I was gonna say the thing was gonna be my big. Because uh, the argument is that there was never a uh, true sequel to it. I do have one though. I have one that if they made a re- if they did a sequel to that, it would be phenomenal, phenomenal. Just one, and that is the legendary movie that we know. I know it's Freddy's coming. dead. Yeah, there it is. I was waiting for it. That's I right. knew it was coming. I knew we were gonna walk into that. There it is. Freddy's dead needs a sequel. Freddy's dead too. Technically, it's not, not technically Freddy's it's not, dead. Technically, it's not a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Technically, it's called Freddy's Dead. Oh, my God. So, so we should get a sequel to Freddy's Dead. I have to get it in. You you, you were going to... Once again, I, I saved it to the end of the show. Once again, to show that I could throw it in when I want to. So uh, I knew you were going to say it. I was actually going to bring it up, and I just waited because I knew... I knew you'd get it in there. Uh, on a serious note, though, actually, uh, this is gonna it's gonna go into something. I, I would say Friday the Thirteenth Part Five, uh, being the fact that it is not part of the actual Friday the Thirteenth canon, if you will. I think that it would be cool, and I, we've seen fan we we've heard fan films are going to be doing this soon. I think it would be cool to see where that world would have gone. So that would be, uh, I think, a sequel to that would be cool. Uh, once again, it, I know it's a part of a franchise already, but technically there's a sequel. And then uh, in the same vein, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yeah. I would love to see a remake just called Season of the Witch and take Halloween out of it because yeah. I think that movie would, is amazing. And if you did a remake like that and you did it right uh, based on the real the first one, I get, I think it would make money. And then I would say a sequel. Uh, although you could just do a sequel anyways to the original and call it that. Because uh, I really dug that movie a lot. Now, mind you, like I said, both of those are already inside of franchises, technically. Uh, but they are their own entity in those franchises. So I think that if you could give them a sequel and build on the world that they created, both of them are interesting enough. Yeah. A world where Jason Voorhees doesn't come back as a zombie. And instead, other people carry on the mantle of Jason is a really cool... Sounds like they're going to be doing it with Saw. Right, they have right. kind of done it with Saw. Right, exactly. So Why I not? mean that I think that that now audiences are ready for something like that. It would have made money if they did do it. People could have complained all they want. They they, you know, they would have made money. Oh, it would have. Uh, and then uh, Season of the Witch, though, 
Uh, I think that unfortunately, because Criminally it was called underrated, because it was called Halloween three, people just do shout yep. on it because it's the one Halloween movie that does not have Michael Myers. But I promise you that is a great horror movie. Go back and watch it if you don't believe me. It must is watch in the month of October every year. You must watch it in the month. Now, of October. In fact, that's you, how I kick off October 1st every year. Halloween three. Mind you, I would not watch it in the, as Halloween three, though. I watch it as I don't watch yeah. Halloween one and two and then watch Halloween. Three. No, that's just not how you do it. Just watch season of the witch because it's its own movie. And then, as a matter of fact, I'm going to stop. This is the last podcast where I'll ever say Halloween 3. From now on, I'm just calling it Season of the Witch. All right. For, uh, when you hear me say Season of the Witch, you know it's Halloween 3. That's what it should have been called all along. I agree. And if I was somebody right now making uh, putting out Blu-rays and stuff, I would package it by itself, just drop Halloween 3, just call it Season of the Witch. Yeah. We all know what it is, but hey, it would be a good way to get there. By the way, if you're watching Halloween movies, you probably should watch, what, one, two... Uh, it depends on which timeline you want to watch. So you can watch like one <laughs> and two. Also choose your own adventure. What, you could watch one and two and then H2O and then Resurrection. Or you could watch uh, four, four or five, five and six. six. Or you could watch one and then H or then uh, Halloween 2018. Or you could watch the Rob Zombie versions if you really want to torture yourself. Yeah. Which are both better than Halloween 2018. I don't care what you say. No, I'm, uh, you're you're lying. That part, <laughs> I believe that. That part. That part. I I know. I you don't, don't hate I either movie. You, I know you hate that movie. I, I don't like either movie, but I don't for, hate them. I know you hate 2018 for some weird reason, but I'm telling you, man, it's just better than the Rob Zombie ones. Uh, it's also better than a couple of the other ones. 0. 0.5 out of 10. Uh, I think you're mistaken, sir. I don't know. I don't know how you come to these conclusions. Mm. I think you just want to be the hipster in the room that said it was bad. Uh, I'm anything but a hipster. I don't have a fancy little haircut. Boy, you're going to... Man, when, when you go over the hill for Halloween Kills, I'm going to just like make fun of you. I hope it's better. I hope I enjoy it. It's good. You're going to go over the hill because it's going to be that nostalgia kick you're looking for. I hope so. I'm hoping so. Okay. Well, with that, that's going to bring us to the end of the show. Uh, Before I go into our normal stuff, I just want to remind you, if you listen to the end here, there is a special interview that we did for the Three Fat Nerds podcast with JV, who is the promoter of ScareCon. I really would suggest listening to it. Once again, we didn't want to rob you on content, so that's why we're putting it at the end of the show, because we didn't want to take out our show for that, because we want want to give you the best show we can, let's be honest. And uh, you guys deserve that. Thank you for listening. Uh, That's that's what we, the thanks we give you is that we just come here and do the whole show, even when we're tired and we could have just cheaped out one segment <laughs> and we didn't uh so uh if you guys want to talk about anything we talked about today you want you have a sequel in mind or a movie that never got a sequel that you want to talk about or anything else or if you want to like, throw out something that we could talk about in talking horror if there's something you're interested in hearing or just want to discuss things with us we'd love to hear from you Horrorzone607 on Facebook. Go ahead and like that page, share that page, rate and review that page. Help us out. Help us uh, grow. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter at Horrorzone607 for all of our social medias. Use the hashtag HZ607 to join the conversation here on the on Horrorzone607. Once again, I can't give you enough props uh, please, uh, for just listening because it means a lot to us. Uh, go to 8122productions.com for all things 8122productions. You can find the three fat nerds there. You can find uh, 3FNW there. You can find Horrorzone607 there. As a matter of fact, you can find uh, HZ607 articles written by our good friend here, Mike C. Uh, while you're there, you can check out a bunch of stuff. We can check out our, uh, we have a page for uh, uh, friends of the show. Uh, pretty soon, I got to put Floodlands on there. Uh, I, I just have been so busy. Sorry, guys. Uh, but shout out the robots is up on there. ODPH is on there. The Phosphines are on there. Uh, with the ODPH, thanks to Ken M and them. Uh, check those guys out. They do a great show. Uh, you click on their link, it takes you right to their website. Same with most of the, the pages. And you can also see the sponsors that we have locally here, like Dragon Master Games, who provides our studio, which we thank them endlessly, and uh, help 
uh, help us keep bringing this to you guys for free. I mean, uh, you've heard us kind of, you heard me earlier talking about shirts coming on the way that's happening and maybe doing Patreon and stuff. There's a whole bunch of stuff that we have in the works that I possibly have out, but trust me, we will always keep the show here for you for free if you want. If you do want to help out, there'll be avenues in the future just to kind of, you know, help us uh, do this uh, so we're not spending our own money all the time. You know what I mean? All right. But uh, once again, we'll always be here for you listening for free. Thanks for listening. And Mike, uh, take it away. All right. Thanks, Rich. And thanks for all your hard work. We appreciate you having uh, you know, having you in the studio every single week and all the hard work that you put into the show. Uh, again, thanks to the ODPH. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, you do so much for us. We want to thank you, the fans. Thanks for tuning in each and every week, listening to us just talk and talk and talk about horror. Uh, don't forget, uh, if you get a chance this weekend, if you're in the area, stop at uh, Roberson Museum and uh, and visit us at uh, Robercon. We'll be there doing a couple of panels. And uh, you know, stop by, introduce yourself. We'd love to see you guys and talk to you. Uh, but until then, until next week when we're back here talking more horror and bringing you the week's biggest horror movie news, this is Mike C. saying see ya. All right, uh, we uh, have a very special interview this week. Uh, with us is the promoter of Scaricon. Of course, we are going to be there October 18th, 19th, and 20th in Rochester, New York. So uh, everybody, welcome JV. JV, welcome to the Three Fat Nerds Podcast. Thanks so much. Really, really happy to be here and excited that we're uh, getting so close to uh, Scaricon. It's coming up real fast. Yes, yes, I can't wait for it, and uh, I wanted to start off by saying thank you for allowing us to be a part of your event again. Uh, we're we're blessed and honored to be there. Uh, very pleased to have you guys involved. Always, always happy to have you there. Awesome, awesome. All right, so first of all, let, let me just dive in. Before we dive into this year's, uh, wh- where did you come up with the idea to start doing Scaricon? Uh, well, uh, it starts the way many conventions start. Uh, I was a fan before I was a promoter. And um, I also had some um, involvement in some other uh, media stuff that, that allowed me to go to a bunch of other conventions. And as I was going to these conventions, I started to recognize that there was a whole universe of people that went to these conventions that had the same likes and passions that I did. Whereas, you know, when you talk to your friends, you don't always find the same uh, likes and passions. So I found a bunch of people that had them at these horror conventions and I started to really enjoy going to them. And then I realized that, uh, in the town I was living in Syracuse, New York, there was nothing like this. And there was really nothing in the whole Northeast that I could compare to the other conventions I was going to. So I decided to start one and that's how Scaricon was born. Awesome. And uh, trust me, it's a great time. I, not only just from being, you know, there as, as in, you know, working the event, but also just from just walking around and getting to talk to people. It's very accessible I, uh, compared to a lot of other conventions where, you know, you have to, you know, you're, you're kind of separated from the celebrities. I, at Scaricon, it's great because you're really kind of right there and you can go up and talk to people. And I've always liked that accessibility about the event. So, uh, I mean, that's, that's definitely a big win, uh, comparing it to other events I've been to, you know? Well, one of the things that's really important to us is the fan experience. It doesn't do anybody any good to pay, you know, to buy a ticket to go to an event, to pay for an autograph, um, to leave an event, and all they have is a picture with an autograph and no story to go with it. We like the stories. We like it when our celebrities take the time to not just say hello, but, you know, engage a fan in a conversation, have a real chat some cases actually become friends um we like it when our celebrities come to our parties or hang out in the hotel bar or whatever it happens to be and interact with our attendees 
it's those experiences and those stories that people can go home with that are the most important thing to me. And that's what I look for in the celebrities that I bring to Scaricon. They've got to be willing to do that. If they're not willing to do that, they're not very high on my list to bring in. Yeah, I, I, like I said, just coming from a pure fan aspect, it's great that uh, it's definitely how it is. I mean, there's, I we I had so many great interactions last year, and it was it's it's a great moment, it's a great time, and I'm looking forward because I'm assuming I'm going to have a lot more this year. Uh, speaking of this year, uh, I it's a huge list. It's a laundry list of a who's who in the horror uh, movies and shows and in in filmmakers. Uh, Obviously, I think you have to start with Doug Bradley. Pinhead's going to be there. It's it's amazing. Well, um, yeah, Doug is actually a good friend. I've had him at a couple of other Scaracons. And uh, he always is great with the fans, and um, he is was anxious to come back. Plus, uh, with being in our new location in Rochester, he's never been into that market, so it's perfect. Um, but we have, you know, there's so many things that I'm excited about with this year's list. One of them is the Phantasm 40th Anniversary cast reunion. Uh, that's pretty cool. Other than uh, missing Angus Scrim, who passed away a couple of years ago, we've really got the nuts and bolts of the whole Phantasm cast, including the director, writer, uh, Don Coscarelli. And they were at my New England event, and they are wonderful people. They're awesome to be around. They're a great time. And uh, I'm excited to introduce them to all the New York Scaricon friends. Um, in addition to that, Barbara Camp Crampton, somebody I've been trying to get to Scaricon for a very long time, and her schedule is just crazy, but this time it worked out, so she's going to be there. And um, I'm trying to, th- oh, uh, uh, Ashley Lawrence is also from the Hell- Hellraiser films. Uh, she'll be there with Doug Bradley, too. So, um, you know, like you said, it's a long list, and uh, we try to keep it diverse. And like I said, it's very, very important to me that uh, all the celebrities that come to Scaricon are willing to come, not just willing, but actually eager to come and give uh, the fans an experience more than just an autograph. So all the people on our list are, are anxious to do that, and I'm excited about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's, there's so many. Uh, you, missed, you listed a bunch of people I'm ex- actually excited to see. I'm actually a lot of excited to see uh, the cast of Terrifier as well. Uh, well, you be? know, that's a, great, that, that's a great point, Rich. Um, that film has been so phenomenally received, and that character the villain um art the clown played by david howard thornton in that film um has really become kind of skyrocketed to the top of people's lists as far as um you know most notorious villains in a horror movie he's right up there and uh david howard thornton and will be at scaricon along with writer director uh makeup artist damian leone plus Jenna Cannell and samantha scafidi and then uh, a couple of the other cast members as well i think there's seven of them in total uh, they're all going to be there. They're all going to be signing autographs, taking pictures, and Art the Clown will be in costume for professional photo op um, as well. So it's a pretty rare opportunity, and we're excited about it. Well, well, that's an exciting. It's exciting for us as well because we have a member of our podcast, Derek, who is terrified of clowns, <laughs> and uh, it is also Uh-oh. his birthday weekend. So I know exactly what I'm getting him for his birthday this year. I'm going to. <laughs> that's awesome. The day he's That's dressed awesome. up, I am running away from him. I, I, I can't <laughs> deal with clowns. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so we've we've been we've been teasing him about that quite a bit. So I can't I can't wait for that. Uh, there's just there's just so much. I mean, it, it, obviously, there's also we have a, a ton of vendors involved. Uh, going to some yeah, of the aspects of it. Yeah, no, we have a great group of vendors. Most of them are uh, you know repeat vendors. They come to Scaricon every year. Um, 
and they look forward to it every year. But they're always bringing unique stuff. It's you know ranges from your standard collectible stuff to you know DVD, Blu-ray vendors, VHS vendors to uh, Halloween stuff. Um, you know, unique jewelry. Uh, we actually have some like knife and sword vendors. It's really a diverse group of vendors, and you know, as because we're in the middle of October with this year's event, October 18th to the 20th. If you're thinking about any kind of Halloween shopping, this is going to be the place to do it for sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, one question, because obviously I've not been to this venue yet. This is a, the first year we're going to be in Rochester at the uh, uh, was it Riverside Hotel, right? Yeah, the Rochester River Hotel right in downtown. Yes, yes. And uh, so, I, like I said, I haven't been there. Uh, are we going to be doing uh, this year, is it going to have uh, the screenings in the different rooms uh, for films and such? Or how, uh, how is that going to work yes. out? Yeah, we have, uh, you know, the facility that we're, we're in has, it's not as big as what the Turning Stone facility was, but it doesn't have to be. Um, there are going to be several breakout rooms. We'll be continuing with our Scaraton Film Festival which means there'll be film screenings all, you know, throughout all the show hours and actually into the night, um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And um, there will also be breakout rooms for panel discussion, Q&A, all that stuff. So, yeah, we'll have all of the same type of programming that we've had in the past at the new facility awesome that that was just I, like i said I, not being at the building yet i don't i, I didn't know where anything was going to be so i didn't know how we were going to how everything was going to be set up I, i'm super excited that was one of my favorite parts uh being able to screen the different shorts and the different films that the different companies uh the independent companies that brought i mean i, I enjoyed watching house shark quite a bit <laughs> oh yeah we you know that's one of the things that i think is a bit underappreciated about what we do over the course of Scaricon weekend, the film festival itself. I mean, we bring in something like 150 uh, entries into the film festival. We have to narrow that down a little bit, but we show, I don't know, probably 50 or so films and shorts. And uh, these are things that no one's ever seen before because they haven't been re uh, commercially released yet. So it's an opportunity for a fan of the genre to actually get a, a preview glimpse of some really cool work. Some of it's, you know, fan-based stuff, but some of it is really high-quality filmmaking. And uh, we get, you know, part of your admission to Scaricon gets you into all those film screens. Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I, last year, I, 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 when I had time, I checked out a few of them, and uh, I was, I was, it was amazing. And then you actually got to, in a lot of cases, you got to talk to some of the people who either made the movies or were in the movies. Uh, there was a, a bunch of different studios there. So that was a really fun to actually get to engage, actually watch something, and then go up to the person who created it and say, hey, that was great. You know, I, I thought that was yeah, really cool. That's a real added bonus as well. Because it's a film festival, a lot of the filmmakers will come some of the uh, you know actresses and actors will come as well, and you do get to interact with them, and you get to watch their product, and then you get to talk to them about it. That is really a, a dimension that you don't get if you're watching it at home on Netflix or you're watching it you know in a theater somewhere. Uh, so yeah, we're real happy, happy about that too. Oh, definitely. Um, I, I, I'm kind of gonna throw this out there because I, I had talked about it briefly. I have been talking to your assistant Crest, and uh, we originally this year we were going to do a thing called the RIP Awards, and I know that we've pushed it off to uh, next year. I think this would be good a time as any to kind of dive into what that's going to entail. Or this this project, the RIP Awards project, is something that I have. It's kind of uh, my 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 baby, if you will. Um, I'm trying to remember what year it was. It, it may have been four or five years ago now. Uh, I introduced the RIP Awards 
which stands for Recognition of Inspired Performance Awards. And uh, what it's designed to do is designed to offer some type of recognition to some performances in the horror genre that don't see receive professional recognition anywhere else. Um, but it has to do it in a, in a retro format. So in other words, we'll be looking at uh, categories that are at least 20 years old. So the film, like if we're going to say best uh, horror film, it's got to be of a year that's at least 20 years old. So it would be best horror film of 1985, say, whatever it happens to be. And we're going to recognize films, uh, filmmakers, and performances by actors and actresses that haven't been recognized because the Academy Awards doesn't do that. And uh, we want to be the people that do that. And we did it, like I said, about five years ago. It was a huge success. But the director of it that I had brought in uh, to help me run it um, couldn't uh, be part of it anymore. And it kind of just got pushed to the side. So, yeah, we're, we're anxious to revive this because it gives us an opportunity to pat some of these people on the back when they haven't gotten any kind of recognition otherwise. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I was kind of, uh, it, it was an honor, if you will, when he contacted me and was like, hey, do you want to give me some help with that? So I'm kind of looking forward to doing that in this upcoming year for next year's event uh, as we've kind of gone into like making it as big as possible. Uh, so I thought it was just a really cool idea and kind of wanted to get your take on that while I had the chance. So thank you for that. Well, I'm, yeah, and I'm happy to hear you say that because I think you recognize how important it is for some of these people. Now, you know, anybody who comes to horror conventions as a horror uh, film fan knows that a lot of these actors and actresses, you know, they got kind of typecast in the horror genre. And once, you know, that, that kind of ran its course, they, you know, stopped acting. They went on to other careers, other things. And they, um, in some ways, kind of forgot about that part of their life. And this convention circuit has started to revive it for them. And they're meeting people that appreciate their work. But they still haven't gotten any professional recognition of their work and that's what we're setting out to do awesome and like i said it's a it's a it's a great thing i i think that's uh very important especially since it is one of those you know it, it's basically that form of entertainment that a lot of people love but it doesn't you know the academy and and the powers that be don't love it back it's just it's a strange situation but you know it, i guess if they made some more artsy films it'd be all right <laughs> Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're happy. We're, we're targeting next year to bring it back. Then. Yeah. Hey, that'll be it'll be great. Uh, so with that, uh, I think we can we can go into close. Tell the people where we're at. You know what what to expect. Where where to go for tickets. Uh, you know what kind of deals they can get. Whatever you got to go. Go ahead, JV. Okay, so um, we're just about a month out. I think we're maybe twenty nine days away now. So it's coming up fast. October 18th to the 20th. The best way to get all of the information you need is to go to the website, scaricon.com. There's no hyphens, no dashes, nothing. It's just scaricon.com. And you'll see you know, a, a tab for admission where you can get discounted online admission uh, sales, or you'll see a tab for the hotel. We've got a great hotel uh, that has a lot of space, um, although it is starting to get close to sell out, but there are good discounts there. Plus there are a lot of hotels in the area in case that hotel sells out um if you're still a vendor we have a couple vendor spaces too you can click on the vendor tab the, the schedule is not finished but we're starting to populate that and put some of the some of the uh, information on the schedule as to what types of panels we're going to have uh so it's all right there scaricon.com the other thing i will say is go to the facebook page find that as well scaricon on facebook like it because we're updating things there constantly that's the quickest way to get uh you know the most recent information 
All right, awesome. And uh, after after we, we get done with this interview, you guys listening to this, I'll actually play the commercial I had put up and made for this so that way you guys get that information again in case you didn't you know, get it the first time. Although we've been shouting it from the rooftop. So at this point in Juncture, just short of me going to someone's house and kidnapping them, I think <laughs> I think we're, we'll be all right. Uh, but, One more thing I'd like to add yeah. if I could. I sure, go ahead. Take your all. time. Um, in, yeah, uh, I just... You know, I, I've emphasized the fact that it's very important for our celebrities to interact with the fans. They got to want to be there, and 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 the ones that we bring in do. They want to be there, and they want to meet the fans, which is a great experience. But in addition to that, Scarecon is more than just autographs and vendors and and panel discussions. It's a social event for the people who love this kind of entertainment, and we kind of put a uh, a big exclamation point next to that with our parties. We put a lot of effort into our parties we have a vip party friday night and then we have a general everybody's welcome party saturday night which will feature scarioke um as well as well as a dj which by the way david howard thornton is a monster scarioke guy no pun intended <laughs> um but those parties are so very very important because it provides a social environment for everybody to hang out and have a good time and you will see all, if not all, close to all of the celebrities at those parties because they love hanging out with this group of people. Awesome. It's such a great thing. Like I said, there's not a lot of places that offer that. I mean, as far as like conventions, I've gone to a bunch. I've, I've not seen a ton of, uh, you know, after parties. That was one of the things that was really cool. Last year, uh, we, we checked that out when we were in uh, Turning Stone. Uh, like I said, we are celebrating uh, my, my buddy here, Derek's birthday that weekend. So uh, I, I guarantee you'll see at least a couple of fat guys there. <laughs> Rochester, get ready to get Perfect. weird. <laughs> Perfect. But, Sounds uh, great. Yeah, definitely. But once again, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to chat with us. And uh, we can't wait to get there. It's going to be a great time. Everybody that's listening to us, I hope everybody shows up because it's it's going to be a phenomenal time. It was a great time last year. And once again, thank you, JV, for uh, giving me the time to have you on. Well, thanks for this discussion. And thanks for all your help, guys. I know that you, uh, you know, you're part of the key team here that helps helps us do some of the work that we do for Scaraton and I appreciate everything you do. Not a problem. Anytime. It's like I said, it's, it's an honor of ours because it, we do have a lot of fun. It, it's kind of like a family event being there as far as we're, we're concerned, just because it's it, everybody's been so warm and welcome to us. And not only that, and like you said, the celebrities, they're awesome with everybody and us. I mean, last year I had a literally a 35 minute conversation with that Neil that I wish I got on uh, recorded. <laughs> But it, but, it, but it was one of those it was one of those fun times we were just just in there talking and you know so thank you so much for that